Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. So thankful for our worship team. Um, it was, even over the encounter, we had a lot of our worship team that, that was participating and sitting and receiving and, and uh, uh, you know, they're going to go to another level, I can tell you that much, but uh, it's just, it's so blessed when you've got anointed people of God that can lead your worship. I'm thankful uh, for Andrew and Rochelle and Pastor Jenya and um, uh, just them being able to lead this encounter this weekend with the anointing and just being able to, uh, you know, set an atmosphere for God to move. You know you can set an atmosphere every day so that you can encounter the Lord. Okay, pin drops. I said every day you can set an atmosphere to encounter the Lord. Every day, every day. I, I think the most beautiful thing is that while we desire for everyone to go participate and receive in the encounter that the church puts on, and it's with a purpose, by the way. The encounter that, that we put on, it's really to build people up to ste step into their next level of leadership. And so a lot of people say, I want to go to the encounter. Great. We want you to be a part of spiritual growth first. We want to lay a foundation. In other words, we want to have some skin in the game because we're not here just trying to have a good time away and a, and a nice weekend away. That's not what this is about. This is people that are hungry and thirsty to encounter the things of God, to go to a greater level because they recognize that, 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 that the Lord has placed on their heart to be such an impact, to be such a fire, to be such a witness. And so they want more of God so that they can step into their next leadership level and reach the lost and, and reach our world with life. I want to just say this, by the way, leader is not a title, it's not a tag. Leader simply means to be an influence. And I believe everyone in this room has the anointing to be a leader. In fact, in the book of Judges chapter 5, uh, 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 Deborah, she, 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 she's the judge that's ruling at the time, and she says this, when leaders lead, people willingly follow. In other words, when the people of God are willing to step up and lead, people that are far from God will follow because you have an influence. And so when we understand that, then it, then it brings into focus the, what, 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 the, what the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. How many know that we are the righteousness of God? And so when we are walking right before the Lord and we draw close to God, and we live our lives encountered before him, then we're able to be a stronger influence because we have the presence, the anointing, the spirit of God at work within us, which means we're making an impact in the world in which we live. And so people are going to be excited because when you are representing who God is, that he's a good God, he loves you, he wants to bless you, when you're walking with his love, his goodness, and his blessing, why would people not rejoice? Because God is good, amen? I want to encourage you this morning that whether you've been to an actual encounter at the church or not, everyone in this room can encounter the Lord every day. I want to just talk to you even from that title this morning, Encounter Greater. Encounter Greater. God wants us this year to encounter 
greater. Tell somebody next to you, encounter greater. Now tell them, God created you to encounter greater. Tell somebody else, God created you to encounter greater. Listen, God does not want your life today to be the same that it was yesterday. God does not want your life today to be the same that it was last year. God does not want you to continue to draw water from old wells. He's got some new wells that he wants to dig and let you begin to pull out some fresh water because he wants to do a new thing in your life today. He wants to do a new thing in your family today. He wants to do a new thing in your purpose today. He's got greater for your life. I don't know about you, but, 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 but I know this. When it comes to my life, I want to experience greater levels in the things of God. I want to experience greater anointing when it, when it comes to God. How I many you know that you can have another measure of the anointing come upon your life? That wherever you step foot, when the anointing of God is upon you, that darkness begins to tremble, that demons begin to flee, that everywhere that you step foot, you're walking with purpose and victory because you've got a good God who is working all things together on your behalf. Elisha, he contends before Elijah is taken away by the Lord and he says, can I have a double portion of what you got, Elijah? In other words... Elisha recognized he could have another measure. The Bible says this, after Jesus came out of his time of, of the 40-day fast, it says that he was in the fullness of the Spirit. In other words, he was at the full measure. His tank was full. God wants your tank to be full, full of his Spirit, full anointing, full capacity, so that everywhere that you go, you can make a difference in the life that God has for you. God wants you to know he created you for an abundant life. A full life, a good life, a prosperous life, a life with peace, a life filled with joy, a, a, a life where your family is whole and serving the Lord, a life that, that on the job you're successful and everything you put your hand to, the favor of God is at work with you because he is for you. I'm talking about encountering greater. God wants to give you divine promotions God wants to level you up in ways that you never even thought was possible. That's why the Bible says in Corinthians that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard nor entered the heart of man the things. Somebody say things. God's got some things that he's prepared for you. I said he's got some things that he's prepared for you. He's got spiritual things prepared for you. He's got earthly things prepared for you. He's got all kinds of good and great and amazing things prepared for you. The Bible says in the book of James that every good and perfect thing, it comes down from the Father of lights, who does not cast a shifting shadow, which means he ain't changing the fact that he's got some good things for the people that love him. This is why he says in the book of Matthew, seek first the kingdom, seek first him. Allow yourself to encounter him and all these what shall be added unto who? Come on, somebody. You want some good things? You want some greater things? You want to encounter another level when it comes to your life in Jesus? It starts when you seek him first. It starts when you draw close to him. Because when I draw close to him, he draws close to me. And when he is close into my life, he begins to show me things I've never even seen before. This encounter weekend, when we spent this time, and isn't it amazing, 50 people 
and we had like 100 people serving the encounter. You know why? Because we wanted to surround every single person that was coming for the, for, the, for the two days that we were here. And we wanted to intercede and we wanted a war and we wanted to pray. And we wanted God to move in such a greater capacity in their life that they could see what they had not seen before. This is why after that portion of the scripture says that eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard or entered to the heart the things that God's prepared. Then he says the spirit searches the things of God, the deep things of God. And no one knows the mind of God except for God. And so it's important that we capture the mind of God. That's a great plug, Bishop. He's got a book called Capturing the Mind of God. You should pick it up. It's great. But the reality is, is even in, in Bishop's life, when he caught the mind of God, he was able to see things he hadn't seen before. And things that he thought were, were, were maybe I might not get accomplished right now, the Lord reminded him, hold on, recapture that because there's still for more for me to do. Even in his story, he talks about how he flatlined. And he said, but Lord, I accomplished A, B, and C. Life's pretty good. It's okay. And the Lord reminded him, but you still got X, Y, and Z. And he said, you're right. I got to be able to still finish the things that you've called me to do. And life came back into his body. What I'm trying to tell you today is that some of you have given up hope. Some of you have just settled for where you are rather than seeking the things of God and allowing him to take you to where he is. And dare I say, if you can capture God's mind, his heart, his spirit, and encounter him daily, he will cause you to see what you have not seen, do what you have not done, begin to have dreams that you never even thought that you would dream, begin to give you ideas and concepts and strategies because God wants you to be greater. Tell somebody, God wants you to be greater this morning. But check this out, the devil don't want you to be greater. The devil, the devil doesn't like the fact that you're seeking the things of God. The devil doesn't like the fact that you want to have a, a hunger and a desire. And, and so what he's going to try and do, and he's going to try and complicate it. The devil's going to try and get into the way. The devil's going to try and slow your roll. The devil's going to try and fill you up with things that you shouldn't be filling yourself up with. I shared this example uh, at the encounter, but I said it's absolutely amazing that when it comes to dinner time, and my wife, Pastor Aaron, makes some amazing food. I keep telling her, you should, like, sign up to be on one of those top chef shows or, you know, not Hell's Kitchen because Gordon Ramsay just curses at you the whole time, so I don't want none of that. But she's an, she's an awesome cook. And, uh, and, 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 and so every night, man, she, she goes at it because she wants us to encounter greater when it comes to the food in our bellies. And so she lays out an awesome spread. And, and, and it comes time for dinner time, and we all get up to the table, and, 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 and she's great. She meal plans, too. No provision for failure. Prior preparation leads from poor performance, and she's like, I'm not going to perform poorly at the dinner table and so she prepares oh that's a life lesson for somebody some of y'all are upset with where you are because you didn't prepare yourself in advance and so you're trying to make decisions in real time when the Lord said if you prepare yourself see this is why you got to read your Bible every day you got to prepare yourself before you walk outside of your house you're trying to declare a word that you don't even have in your spirit yet and you're wondering why you're all caught up and snagged up in all kinds of problems you got to prepare your heart every day. Seek God. Encounter him first. That's why he says seek him first, not 
the other way around. Seek him first, not the thing. Seek him first, not what you can get from him first, but him first and all the things will be added. Let me get close to you today, Lord, so I know that I'm covered, protected, and in position in place. Walking in anointing, walking fullness of the spirit so that everything I put my hand to, I'll prosper. You want God just to prosper you, but he said, no, I've given you the ability to prosper. You want God to take ownership of your problems, but he's saying, I need you to take ownership of your problems by simply just taking responsibility. We think once we receive Jesus, all is good, all is great, and I can just back off the gas and, and expect to get across the finish line. No, he gives you the grace for your pace. He gives you the grace for your race. Keep your foot on the gas and know that he's with you to get across the finish line. And so anyways, we have dinner at the dinner table. Y'all thought I forgot where I was going. And it's amazing because she, my, my, Pastor Aaron, she'll, she'll make the food, we'll sit at the table. And my kids, they will be at the table, look at it, and be like, we don't want this. We're not hungry. They're talking about you're not hungry. Like five minutes ago, you just said, I'm hungry, give me snack. And it dawned on me. The dinner stomach is the size of a pea. The snack stomach is infinity. Why is that the case? Why is the dinner stomach this small? <laughs> and the snack stomach can go on and on and on and on and on. But see, here's, there's a principle in this, and the reality is this. The Lord has prepared a table for you. And on that table, he has prepared amazing things and good things and great things just for you. You say, me? Yes, you. He's prepared things for you. And he's got a seat for you at the table. The problem is, is that we're filling our stomachs up with snacks. And oftentimes, snacks is just a bunch of junk. And in the snacking, all that it does is it, it takes away the hunger, but it doesn't actually nourish you in the way that you should be nourished. And so what we got is a bunch of snacked up Christians. And we don't have nourished, strong, anointed, appointed believers that know when they leave from here, they got a holy boldness to reach their world with life. God doesn't want you snacked up. God wants you filled up with the word, the living word. Because he wants you to encounter greater. And so the devil does not want you to win. I'm just telling you that the devil does not want you to be greater. The Bible says this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Let me back it up for a moment. Verse 3 says, we don't walk by flesh, so don't war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to pull down, to tear down strongholds. Does anybody know what a stronghold is? So a stronghold is the perimeter that goes around the city. It's the walls. And the thicker the walls are, the more fortified that city is. Keeping what does not belong in the city out because the walls are strong. Hence why it's called a stronghold, holding together the city. And so the stronger the stronghold is, 
it keeps what is not designed or meant to come in to come in. Now the enemy, being smart enough to understand what a stronghold is, will get us to compromise on who we are in Christ and he will get in your life in such a way that he will position you where there's strongholds that are holding you hostage. Now I want to say this, because strongholds can either save you or strongholds can sabotage you. When I know that the Lord is my dwelling place and he surrounds me, his strength, his stronghold will save me. But when I allow myself to have the strongholds of the world to surround me, it will sabotage me from who God's called me to be and encountering the greater things. And so as long as the devil can get you in a place that there's a stronghold surrounding your life, you'll live your life sabotaged, you'll live your life being, being stuck in a place where you're not free at all. And the Lord wants you to be free. He wants you to tear down the strongholds of the enemy so that he can be the strength of your life. And so in the Bible there is a story of a man by the name of Gideon. Wave at me if you've heard a story about Gideon. Right? The infamous story is that he's got 300 men. Didn't start off with that. It started with over 20,000 men. And then the Lord said that we need to get this number down lest you think that you're the one that is going to win the battle in your strength. And so then it comes down to 10,000 and then down to 300. And it's Gideon and his 300 is the ones that end up prevailing over the Midianites. I just gave you the end of the chapter. Spoiler alert. Bible's been around for a long time. <laughs> Go back and read it, Judges 6 and 7. But this is what, what I, what, what I want to focus on because, because it's a powerful story to see that Gideon was an appointed judge with the anointing and the spirit of God that was upon him in order to lead the people to victory. And that's a great part of the story, but that's the end of the story. I think we need to dial it back to see what Gideon did in order to be in position to have the victory. And I believe in this passage, we'll, we'll look at this and we'll get some insight and understanding as to how the, the, the anointing of God upon your life is for you to have victory. And so what we find out is in the book of Judges, in chapter 6, um, I want you to turn with me this morning, verse 1, we're just going to read a couple lines of text. Turn with me, book of Judges, chapter 6. And the, and, the, and the chapter actually opens up and it, and, it, and it says this, before we even touch on the, the life of Gideon, we find out that the children of Israel are in trouble. And of course, they're in trouble for the same thing over and over. Um, can I just say this? This book is not complicated. It's the same thing over and over and over, but we complicate it. How many know the gospel is very, very simple? The gospel is very simple. The gospel is, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers. The gospel is, if I walk in obedience with God, I'll live an abundant life. Point blank. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, he delivers. He wants you to walk in blessing as long as you're walking in obedience. But when I don't walk in obedience, I don't walk in blessing. 
And so Judges is just another picture of what's going on in the life of God's people when they are not obedient. And the chapter opens up and it says, When the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Verse 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Anytime that you're not walking in obedience to God, the enemy will always prevail over your life. Anytime you're not walking in obedience to God's word, the enemy is always going to have the upper hand. And so the Bible says that in, 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 in verse 2, Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites and the children of Israel made for themselves dens, caves, and strongholds. Isn't that interesting? Anytime I'm not walking connected to my heavenly father, Anytime that I'm not walking close to my God and I'm in a place of disobedience, the enemy prevails. And then, and then here's the thing. Instead of running back to God, <laughs> we look for safety and comfort and for answers and all the wrong things. We run to the world's strongholds thinking that it is going to be the answer. And I'm here to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not one of condemnation. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He didn't come to the world to condemn you, but that you would be saved. But it's amazing how we get into our mind because I messed up and because I missed it and because I didn't get it right. That instead of running to the very one that can save me, that can heal me, that can deliver me. I go to the world thinking that the world's going to have an answer that's going to fix me. And that answer becomes a stronghold in my life. And so what happens is I find my life bound by the things of the world. I find myself in addiction and I find myself in wrong relationships. And I find myself finding identity and security and all the things that is not helping me. But it's breaking me. And so Midian's in this place that now they're hiding in these strongholds. And the Bible says this, that the, that, 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 that the children of Israel were so oppressed by the Midianites... They were so oppressed that the Midianites impoverished them. That every time that they went and sowed seed, and every time as that harvest began to come up, the enemy already took it out. Which tells me this, even if you're sowing seed, and you're not walking in obedience, you're not going to get a blessing. Oh man, let me let, let, let that sink in. Some of us come in here and we, we lay down our offering and, and Lord, I want you to bless me and, and Lord, I, I sow my seed and, and God, I, I want you to, to make me a great success. But meanwhile, we're not walking in obedience to the Lord. In fact, you know in Malachi, the infamous scripture in chapter 3 talking about present all tithes to the storehouse and, 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 and we get into that whole thing and the Lord says, test me in this, you know, I'll rebuke the devourer, all, all that awesome stuff that talks about tithe and, and, and honor me. If you go back to Malachi chapter 2, you'll get a little insight on, 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 on something that, that is rarely ever talked about and it says this, you come to my storehouse, you come to the temple presenting offerings, but I reject it because you've dealt with your wife treacherously. So I don't care if you're coming in here trying to tithe and give and whatever offerings and whatever life you're trying to sow. If you are not allowing your household to be a place of honor, if you are not living your life walking right before the Lord, God's not going to bless you. And so for everything that Israel tried to sow, the enemy took it away because they weren't in obedience. 
But when you're walking in obedience and you're sowing your seed, God will bless you beyond measure, causing you to encounter greater. And so this is the, what, what we see here. They are greatly, greatly impoverished. And they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord came and met Gideon. And we know as the story goes, the Lord encounters Gideon, and, and, and the Lord first and foremost, he, he, he says this, as, as Gideon is hiding in a wine press threshing wheat, trying to get some food that, that, that he can put aside for, for him and his family. And the wine press was, was really just a, a physical manifestation of a stronghold in his life. His stronghold was fear, so he found himself hiding in a wine press, afraid. Can I tell you, it's time that the people of God stop hiding and start thriving, stop hiding, start winning, stop hiding, and start being who God has called you to be. Oh, I'm so in fear of what the economy is going to do. Forget what the economy is going to do. If you're the people of God, and you're walking right before Him, and you're walking in blessing, I'm sorry, the world's not my source, my God is my source. I'm not looking for, for, for the bank to bless me. I'm not, I'm not looking for other things to bless me. I'm, I, I'm looking for God to bless me. For God to prosper me. For God to give me the ability to continue to prosper. And so he's hiding out in this thing and the, and the, and the, and, and the angel comes to him and, he's, and, and he says this to him. I love this. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And it's hilarious because Gideon, he, he, <laughs> Gideon's like, oh my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why has all this happened to us? And and where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about and, and saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord is forsaking us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. All the Lord said was, hey, how you doing, mighty man of valor? <laughs> it's like some of us sometimes. God's just saying, hey, child of God, how you doing? Where have you been? God's like, I've always been here. Where have you been, joker? If you're wondering where God's in your life, he never left you. Most of the time we left him. He's just waiting on you. Hey, good morning. I love it. The angel of the Lord, he, 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 he rolls up on Gideon. Hey, mighty man of valor. And here's what I love. He speaks to who he is. The angel of the Lord speaks to Gideon to who God called him to be. Not who man said that he was. Because Gideon was saying further on, I'm the weakest, I'm the least, I'm the youngest. How can I be a mighty man of valor? How can I carry out a great responsibility? And it's like many of us. We say because of the strongholds in our life, we say, how can I be this? How can I do this? I'll never measure up. I'll never be able to obtain or achieve or be greater. And so what happens is, is we take what the world says and we claim that to be our identity. But God says you are a child of God. God says you are a chosen generation. God says you are a royal priesthood. God says that you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. God says that you are victorious. God says that you are anointed. God says that you are mine. And he says says that he is, that, that we are his. God is with you. God is for you. But it's so easy to let the strongholds become the reality of our life that we take on that identity. And so what happens is, is the, the, very, the very life that we're living externally is the result of what we've concluded internally. 
I, I, I say this often because I, I really believe it, where the, where the Bible talks about that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you determine in your heart, so are you. So what you determine and conclude internally is how you're going to live your life externally. So if you think you're ugly in here, you're only going to see yourself ugly out here. And not just you yourself in the mirror. You'll look at every area of your life and you'll think every area of your life is ugly. And so then you'll never be able to see the beauty and the great things that God has for you because you've concluded here, life's ugly. What you conclude internally is how you will live your life externally. So if I conclude that I am a child of God here, I'm going to live like a child of God out here. Some of you need to renew your minds. You need to renew your minds. Stop thinking the way that the world thinks. Start thinking the way that God thinks. And God thinks great things about you. Awesome things about you. Because he created you. Check this out. There is no two people the same in this earth. No one can do what you are called and created to do the way that you are called and created to do it. No one can do what you can do in the way that God has created you to do it. God has an assignment for your life, a purpose for your life, a plan for your life. God cares about your life, and he wants you to know that when you're connected to him, all things are possible. All things are possible. Not some things, not a few things, not certain things. All Someone say all things. All things are possible. And so Gideon is here, and the Lord encounters him. And, and I love it. All the Lord says to him is, is simply this, the Lord is with you. Can I tell you today, church, the Lord is with you. The Lord's with you. It's that simple. The Lord's with you. And he goes on, and, and, and after, after Gideon has this big cry out about where have you been, and God's like, I've been here all the time. Where have you been, Gideon, and my people? And, 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 and he doesn't even, I love this, the angel doesn't even and sit there and say, well, you know what, Gideon, if you would have done this and done this and done this, then maybe you wouldn't have been in this situation. Sometimes we feel like God's trying to do those things to us, like God is sitting there with a hit list of things that you did wrong. God's just saying, come to me. All that junk that you messed up with, he throws out into the sea of forgetfulness. The moment that you just say, Lord, here I am, I need you. It's amazing how, how we have this list, ongoing list, as if God is holding up all these different things. And he's saying, you know what? And it's like, no, God's saying, come to me. I, 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 in me, every stronghold comes down. And, so, and so, so he's having this encounter with Gideon, and, 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 and finally, the Lord tells him, he says, you're going to be the one that's going to save Israel. And, and he tells Gideon, go in this might of yours. Go in this might of yours. I want to tell you today, church, go in the might that God's already given you. Someone's saying, oh, I'm waiting for the Lord to, to give me more might. No, go and the might that you have, and he'll meet you with the might that he has. He says, go in this might of your, take ownership, Gideon, because I've already called you, I've sent you, and in fact, he already told him the outcome. He said, you're going to save Israel with this entire army as if you were one man. Did you know God's already given you a promise of what the outcome is? The victory is already yours, church. 
The victory in your marriage is already yours. The victory in your health, it, you already have it. You just got to begin to declare and thank God. I am whole in the name of Jesus. Thank God that I am saved in the name of Jesus. Thank God that I'm prosperous in the name of Jesus. Thank God that I am blessed, that I am anointed. Thank you, Lord. The outcome is already there. And he tells Gideon, you are going to save them. As if you were one man. Now, I shared with you the end of the story. I shared with you the beginning of the story. But what allowed him to truly save the people of Israel? I want you to turn with me one more passage this morning, if that's okay. We're staying right here in Judges. I just want you to uh, park the car at verse 25. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you that we get to encounter greater in you. Verse 25 says this. Um, and I'm going to close with this, too, if that's okay. We'll go ahead and, and get the team up. Because I'll tell you what, I'm so sick and tired of the devil thinking that he's going to hold back the people of God. I'm so sick and tired of the tricks and the lies and the garbage, and the deceit, the manipulation that the enemy thinks that he's going to have over the people. I'm tired of the strongholds and I'm tired of the people of God believing that they have to be stuck with those strongholds. I'm tired of the wickedness and the perversion of the enemy. I'm tired that, 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 that the people of God feel like that they can't aspire to be greater, to encounter greater because of the junk that the enemy has told them is the truth. And it's not the truth because Jesus is the truth. And if Jesus is whom you confess, then he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And so I, I, this morning I, I woke up and I said, I'm serving notice on the kingdom of darkness. Every stronghold in your life is coming down today. I said every stronghold in your life is coming down today. But I want you to see this in verse 25. Verse 25. So the angel comes and encounters Gideon. And he says, you are called, you are appointed, here's the promise and the outcome, now go Gideon. And so Gideon, he, he comes before the angel and he says, well, 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 well let, me, let, let, let me build an altar and make a sacrifice unto you. And I want to make sure that things are right. I want to make sure that this is good. I want to do things the right way. Verse 25. As Gideon was building this altar to make a sacrifice to the Lord, it says in verse 25, Now it came to pass the same night that he was building this altar and getting ready to make a sacrifice. He says, It's the same night. Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years. Y'all see that right there? And tear down the altar of Baal that your father has cut down. Or that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. He says, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image beside it. And he says, and build an altar to the Lord, your God, on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer the burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Oh, Jesus, help us. Woo. I'm getting excited right now. Verse 27. And so Gideon took the men 
among his servants and did as the Lord said to him because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, so he did it by night. You say, oh man, he, he built an altar and he tore down an altar out, out of fear. He, he was working through the stronghold. Hey, by the way, the Bible says faith the size of a mustard seed. You just need a little bit of faith to get you out there. Just a little bit. That's all it takes. But verse 25 says that the Lord instructed him to take the sacrifice, but first, somebody say, but first, tear down the altar of Baal. Tear down the, what's Baal? Baal was the idol worship that they had begun to commit their lives to that got them into the trouble in the first place. The Baal that they were worshiping, the idols that they were worshiping was the stronghold in their life. And he says, you need to tear it down. Somebody say, tear it down. You need to tear down the strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to pull down, to tear down the strongholds. And dare I say, there has been strongholds in your life that have actually been idols, things that you have worshipped and given your life to. You said, I'm not worshipping addiction. No, but you have found yourself committed to the very thing that you're bound to. You find identity, you find security, you find it a place uh, that you think is going to give you strength and hope, and it's not. And so all of us, at some point, in some place, can find ourselves worshipping idols instead of worshipping and giving ourselves to the Lord. We have strongholds of wrong relationships in our life. We have strongholds of alcohol in our life. We have strongholds of pornography in our life. We have strongholds of adultery in our life. And the world is saying, it's okay, don't worry about it. We got a 10-step program for that eventually when you can get to it. They're trying to change laws now. We were talking about this over the encounter. They're trying to change laws now in certain areas of the world that if children consent of sexual intercourse, it's okay. It's okay. Upon parents' permission as well, it's okay. The witchcraft and the demonic activity that is run, running rampant right now. I just saw this is hilarious, but it's not hilarious. Is that there was 30 students that thought they would have fun with a Ouija board. I don't know if y'all saw this, this, this report again. 30 students, 30, 30 teenagers, they thought they would have a Ouija board party or a Ouija party, whatever you want to call it. They're all hanging out. And they're, and, and they're messing with this thing. And the report says that all of them were hospitalized because of mental depression. It's just, a, it's just a little bit of fun. We're just playing around. And that's the problem. The enemy gets you to think just a little bit. Let me just play around for a little bit. As long as I get back into church on Sunday, I can play around a little bit Monday through Saturday. And that is where we are catching ourselves stuck in strongholds, is that the body of Christ is playing around. And it's time that you stop playing around. Now, I know this is a harsh word, but there is a time and a moment that must come, and the time and the moment is now, that the Lord is looking for those that will consecrate their life to Him. The Lord could have come in and tore down the idol, but he said, no, Gideon, you take ownership and tear it down. You're waiting on God to tear down strongholds. He says, no, you're mighty in me to tear down the strongholds. We 
got to stop playing games. We got to recognize the people of God are meant to be powerful. The people of God are meant to win the world that is lost. We have gotten an assignment. And right now the Holy Spirit is working OT because Jesus is coming. I said, He's coming. And what are we doing? Oh, I'm too busy making brunch plans on Sunday. So excited. Did you hear they got bottomless mimosas? And your life is going to live bottomless in the pit of of, of the world because you're thinking about that junk. Oh, oh, oh. Y'all don't like that I went there. I just convicted somebody's lunch plans after service. What are we doing, man? (laughs) I just helped out IHOP and Denny's and... Because y'all know they're just serving dirty coffee and juice, so... I want to live my life consecrated before the Lord. And I refuse to let any devil in hell try and have a stronghold on my life, have a stronghold on my children, have a stronghold on my future, have a stronghold on your family, in this church, in South Florida, as the people of God. It's time we start tearing it down. You want to encounter greater? It starts when you tear it down. But here's the part that is beautiful about it. Oh man, I love how God just sticks it to the devil. He tells Gideon, don't just tear it down. (laughs) Take what you just broke down. (laughs) Use that as the fuel for the sacrifice. Take, 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 Take the idol, take the sin, take the stronghold, put it down on the ground and on top of it, put a sacrifice. And when the sacrifice is on the altar, watch what happens. I'll read this last line. Verse 34, after he tears down the altar. Woo. Thank you, Lord. He tears down the altar. He builds a new altar. He lays the sacrifice on it. Verse 34 says this, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Until he tore down the altar, the Spirit of God was not on Gideon. He was going in his might. But the moment he took down the stronghold, the Spirit of God came upon his life. The moment you are willing to say enough is enough to the junk, to the sin, to the struggle, to the weight, to the mess that I've been tolerating, now God comes in with His Spirit upon your life. And His grace and His power is made perfect in your weakness. I don't know how I'm going to go another day. Don't worry. When you're willing to surrender all is the moment that He comes in. When I'm willing to give it all is the moment that He's willing to give it all. If I'm willing to tear it down, He's willing now to build you back up. It's amazing when Jesus gave the last breath on the cross as the living sacrifice. He didn't die on the cross, by the way, as the Son of God. He died on the cross as the Son of Man when He went in His strength and gave up His last breath. 
it says that the veil in the temple was torn down. There's something about tearing down the altar of the things of this world and allowing my life to become a sacrifice before the Lord. And I said, God, here I am. Oh, here I am, Lord. I want greater. I desire greater. I want to encounter greater because you're greater. Lord, tear down those things that don't belong in my life anymore. Oh, God, I want to live a life of victory. And God's saying today, if you're just willing, just willing to let go, Will, willing to say enough's enough. Willing just, just, just to say, hey, I'm not going to tolerate this junk, this mess in my life anymore. I've had enough of it. I'm willing to tear it down. I'm willing to take it down. I'm willing to take it down. I'm here to tell you today, if you're willing to tear it down, then the Lord will begin to build you back up the way that he sees you. The way that he sees you. The way that he's called you. The way that he's created you to be. The way that he wants to empower you so that you can encounter great things for your life. But it starts when you're willing to say, I'm going to take it down with every head bowed. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.